This podcast contains strong language and adult themes from the outset. Hello and thanks for listening to this lockdown edition of Because You Watched, the podcast that comes up with brand new ideas for TV shows and movies. My name's Rory and I'm a producer. It's my job to identify an underexploited video-on-demand category and gather some creative people to brainstorm some ideas, all done remotely from the relative safety of our respective homes, of course. This episode's pictures include a dark web aphrodisiac with an unfortunate catch, a raunchy attempt to reinvigorate a country club for those dang millennials, and a school president's attempts to connect with the common people by attending every party that's physically possible. Joining me for this brainstorming session are actor and writer Georgia Maguire. Hello. Hello. Now, because we're all remote, I can't see where you are, Georgia. Can you paint uh, a mental picture of your surroundings for me? Yeah, I'm in um, my dark and tiny um, like spare room slash dumping ground. Um, and I'm in my pyjamas. Uh, and I've got blankets hanging off the walls. And actually, it's a really, it's pretty grim, I would say. Like, in a, imagine like a hobbit hole. That's a lot to live up to. Uh, I've also joined by presenter and comedian Beck Hill. G'day. I see your spare room, Georgia, and I raise you a literal cupboard. <laughs> I am in a cupboard surrounded by coats and jackets with a blanket hiding the black mould. <laughs> Safety first, Beck. And writer and comedian John Gracie. John, what are you wearing? Ooh, going straight for that. Um, I'm wearing a little pair of black shorts. Uh, yeah, I know. Going sexy. And I'm wearing a, uh, a T-shirt with one piece on, which is an anime that I've never watched. Um, oh, I like, I like the what pictures. a poser. I'm a fake geek boy. Sorry, guys. I'm wearing a one piece with a T-shirt on. <laughs> Your category for this episode was... Party On, which is a real category on Netflix. Uh, But before we create an entry for that category, let's first look at what already exists within it. Party On has 143 titles at time of recording, including Bad Santa, Bad Teacher, Bad Mums, and Super Bad. But most importantly, it included your homework to watch, which was Rick and Morty. Now, you all watched the pilot episode of Rick and Morty, so does anyone want to take a crack at describing what Rick and Morty is about? Well, it's an, it's an animation where if Back to the Future had been... Uh, if the doc in Back to the Future was an alcoholic and Mighty McFly was a loser kid and uh, everyone was a bit of an asshole, <laughs> That's, that's not too Oh, and instead of time from... travel, it's dimensional travel. Yeah, but that's not too dissimilar to what Netflix describes it as, which is a brilliant but boozy scientist. Yeah, brilliant but boozy scientist Rick hijacks his fretful teenage grandson, Morty, for wild escapades in other worlds and alternate dimensions. It's also worth mentioning that it actually did start as a animated parody of Back to the Future called The Real Animated Adventures of Doc and Marty, but spelt differently oh. enough to be legally distinct. <laughs> I really enjoy the use of the word fretful to describe Morty. That is such an understatement. <laughs> yeah, I'm a really big fan of Rick and Morty. I've been watching since it started. In fact, I'd heard... I, I watched the documentary Harmontown, which is based around Dan Harmon's podcast of the same name and that sort of ends with him coming up with the idea for Rick and Morty on a 
on a tour bus, I believe. And uh, it'd be nice going back to the pilot and watching that again and just seeing how much the animation and everything's changed. I wouldn't call it a party on show. Yeah. Uh, gives me existential, existential crisis. <laughs> yeah, totally. Not. Yeah. Well, yeah. What would you count as a party on show? Uh I always think of, I always think of like Van Wilder or something like that when I think yeah. of party on. Yeah, it was weirdly the the urban dictionary definition for party on uh just said keep on going, don't let anything get you down. So basically the theme being unrelenting optimism and energy in the face of any situation. Is that something that we think describes Rick and Morty? No. Definitely not. <laughs> what? It does have an energy and it is unrelenting, but it is one of the most <laughs> pessimistic and negative and nihilistic shows I've ever seen. I just felt like I was on mushrooms the whole time watching it, but I guess that's the idea. So, yeah, usually we ask what everyone thinks the critical consensus was, but I think most people know Rick and Morty, even if they haven't seen it, has quite a big following. So Rick and Morty is rated 95% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes from the critics and 94% from the audience reviews. So extremely highly regarded. However, as always, it is always more fun to go over some of the negative reviews. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, Mm -hmm. So we have one three-star review from Georgios K, who says, this? This is what everyone's going nuts about. What am I supposed to be laughing at? An old man burping, drooling and farting while stuttering (laughs) half the time in order to form a sentence? This is what comedy's become now? (laughs) But but, but then he does end with, he does end with, hopefully it will get better. So obviously it wasn't a deal breaker. He decided to, he decided to stick with it. And also he rated that three stars. So clearly he saw (laughs) something. Uh, But my favourite review on the entire Rotten Tomatoes page is this one star review from Eric K, who just says, this was not as good as the Oscar-nominated Best Picture Up. Do you think he mistook them? Do you think he, he thought he was oh, watching really? Up? I hope he didn't. <laughs> Other than the age of the characters, there is almost nothing in common. <laughs> so that is the entry to the category that appears to be the cream of the crop. So there's only there's a very high bar here, but all you guys need to do is clear that bar and come up with something of your own that's even better. Let's start with Georgia. Okay. Um, so this genre um, isn't, as you may have guessed, my favourite, and I have <laughs> really tried to get into it over the years. Um, you you know, say really... that, but you're holding a beer bong right now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I didn't Prime tell you, but we chug. do have webcams on. We can got... see that beer bong. <laughs> yeah, you got a tie wrapped around your forehead. It's ridiculous. Fake She's lifting a whole keg. Head, Bob yeah. yeah. Um... T-shirt that says female body inspector. <laughs> She's got a pop fiction poster in the background. It's... Uh... <laughs> but other than those cues, um, I, it doesn't. the genre doesn't really fit into my life. And it turns me a bit into Victor Meldrew. But, however, I did have loads of fun coming up with the idea. So I'm also a massive hypocrite, but that's fine. Um, But I thought I'd maybe, like, lean into some of the tropes, um, you know, the gratuity of it, offensive, bit misogynistic kind of base. I like it, I like it. So this is called Mole Rats, this idea. (laughs) Um, How do you spell that? Uh, mole, as in something on your arm or something under the ground. Okay. And rats, as in rodent. Got it. Um, so, um, high school nerd Keith is desperate to get laid. He's 17, he's never kissed a girl, and he's in love with the classic, like, sexy high school honey, Marisa. Obviously, she's called Marisa, who doesn't even know Keith's name. So, him and his fellow dweeb mate, Eugene... 
and they eat pizza, play computer games, and wank. And that's sadly like the end of their. <laughs> Sorry, do they do that while they're together? Is that yes, another shared do, activity yeah. with the rest? Okay. <laughs> Maybe they leave the room while the other one relieves themselves. <laughs> um, but Keith is obviously into the dark web, um, and in desperation, in a really low moment, he finds a site advertising a miracle aphrodisiac for losers who can't get any action. If you kiss the ugliest animal in the world, which I would say, objectively speaking, is the naked mole rat, God bless them, on a full moon, um, you'll actually become the most desirable human ever to walk this planet for a whole calendar month. So you just need to kiss a naked mole rat and then everyone fancies you, basically. Do you want, Do you know a naked mole rat? Fuck, I'm I do. I do. Naked, Na- mole naked mole rats look slightly like an unsheathed penis, but yes, with teeth. Yes, exactly. Oh. Like a translucent foreskin with yeah. teeth. Unsheathed. <laughs> I'm so you know, glad you... You know in, in Harry Potter where Voldemort's like a weird little baby, skinless oh, baby yes. at one point? Yeah. That's kind of what vibe yes. I'm getting. They are absolutely rank. Um, I admit, like, it's unbelievable that that's a real creature. I think they're kind of cute. <laughs> oh, you don't, Beck. They look like some. They look like ginger. You know, ginger. The like bumpy little herb root thing. It's like ginger with some eyes on yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're saying that like I don't have googly eyes on all the things in my pantry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking more and more at this mole rat, and it's probably more of a sheathed penis. Actually, it's. Uh... Um. So anyway, Keith needs to find a mole rat, and he does some research and finds this flamboyant underground mole rat dealer who goes by the name of Zed. And so we're thinking here like a cross between Joe Exotic from Tiger King, which obviously no one has anything else better to do than watch, uh, with the child catcher. So um, he's creepy, but wild. So Joe Um, Exotic. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Depends on how many episodes you've watched, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, um, but there's one hitch. It's a thousand bucks for a mole rat and Keith and Eugene have no money between them. So despite their best efforts, you know, montage of them washing cars, blah, 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 they fail to raise the cash. So what they do is they hoodwink Zed and they um, wrap up a bunch of Monopoly money in a crisp fitty uh, and they get the mole rat. So we see them run out into the car park on the night of the full moon, deal done, and Keith manages to get in a quick mole rat kiss before Zed comes after them. And then the rest of the film is them trying to run away from Zed. However, the problem is, it's really difficult to go undercover because everywhere Keith goes, he's followed by men and women throwing themselves at him because he's so. It's desirable. a bit hard day's night. There's just like a whole crowd <laughs> yeah, exactly. of people chasing after him. Yeah. Exactly. And also, so, like, weirdly, like an episode of Rick and Morty in season one where they oh make God, a love potion it? and the world <laughs> tries to then tries to all want to fuck uh, Morty. I'm a secret Rick and Morty fan. There we go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Um, and so for example they go and stay at their friend Toby's house but they have to leave because uh, Keith like bangs Toby's mum you know classic frat <laughs> vibe um, but anyway yeah, yeah, I always remember hearing about those songs as a teenager <laughs> yeah thinking about Toby's mum like it's never Toby <laughs> Toby's mum so, so did both Keith and Eugene manage to sneak a kiss with the mole rat so no. they're both very good looking or is it just only Keith only but okay. the thing is, is Eugene on their travels still manages to get action because oh, people nice. use him to try and get to Keith because Keith is oh. so desirable. So when they can't get to Keith, they use Eugene. But Eugene doesn't care. He's happy with anything. Um, anyway, uh, they catch they catch up with Marisa. Obviously, Marisa now is like obsessed with Keith. They go, they run, they have this amazing wild adventures. 
But a month later, Zed <laughs> catches up with them, seizes the mole rat, and then tells like Marisa she's been duped. And the spell obviously wears off, and she's mm. furious. Yeah. Runs away into the distance. Keith is heartbroken. But however, on a starry crescent moon eve, a few days later, Marisa comes back and actually decides, because she's had such a good time, that she loves him. Um, and they all, they live happily ever after, despite Keith being a loser. Uh, and the credits roll, <laughs> we see them all 10 years later, and Keith and Marisa are married with kids, and Eugene, he's a trillionaire mole rat king, <laughs> nice. surrounded by babes, and, you know, just like, loving life. Babes love the mole rats. You see on <laughs> oh, Tinder, yeah. like, all the guys that have a picture of them with a mole rat. It always yeah. gets down great. Just a bunch of unsheathed penises. <laughs> I was really, really hoping that there was going to be a twist because he got told he had to kiss the most ugly thing in the world and that, that then it would become really attractive. That once he kissed the mole rat, the mole rat would then become really attractive. <laughs> oh, that would be so nice. <laughs> Wait, Marissa Keith ends up marrying the mole world. rat because Keith is the most ugly thing in the world. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Keith. Love oh wow. What a, what a way to find out. Yeah, what a burn. <laughs> so with Zed, right, Yeah. He, he deals in mole rats. Yeah. Does he know the power of mole rats? He does know the power. That's why he's charging. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, and it's also he why he it knows much? who he. It's also why he knows who Keith is once he's become handsomeified because he knows of the process. Yeah, does, does has Zed used these for his own gain in the past? Do we? Think? Oh yeah, Zed's a real, Zed's a real babe magnet. Right. Okay. <laughs> Seems irresponsible. So Keith, Zed's Keith and Keith and is it Eugene? Eugene. Yeah. Yeah. So Keith and Eugene, there's there's no scene where they actually are fully attracted to Zed, right? <laughs> well, that, uh, maybe that'll be great. They have to. I love that when they're going to buy. It's very heteronormative. This film. <laughs> yeah. I, well, is as is the genre. To be honest, as That's is every true. single as is every single thing in the genre. You need to lay into those stereotypes, Beck. <laughs> I like the idea of that scene where they're trying to buy the mole rat, and they're just like so distracted by how handsome Zed is, and it's like, no, don't, don't, don't let yourself get distracted. We're just here to get the mole rat. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> While they're talking, they just keep kissing him. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Perfect. <laughs> Didn't you describe Zed as like the child catcher? Yes. So he's definitely got a paedophile vibe going on. Yeah, why not? But he's yeah, a really okay. handsome child catcher. <laughs> why not? Oh, so he's David Bowie in Labyrinth. Oh, no. Oh, there you go. That, that Joe Exotic and the child catcher, but sexy, is David Bowie in Labyrinth. Yeah, that is the dream character. That, that is and that's it. what he's got in his in his uh, pouch, in his uh, <laughs> leggings, is a naked mole rat. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, you don't know if it's a mole rat. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't advise putting your hand in. Don't know if it's kiss it, kiss it when yeah. the moon comes out. That's what they say. <laughs> I love it. Who do we think could play either uh, our, our favourite uh, mole rat sa- salesperson, Zed, or Eugene and Keith, or even Marissa. So let's start with Zed. Who do we think would be a good Zed? Can we use Joe Exotic? Surely. I mean, what's he going to be? Is doing he out of prison? This? I don't know. I mean, we could. I mean, maybe we could Can just we kind of film it through in? the bars. Live stream just, him in. Yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe we just film all of his stuff in extreme close-up, so you can't really tell where I, he is, and then <laughs> he uses loads of green screens anyway. He's all over it. In fact, there's probably enough footage of him out there already in front of a green screen. You wouldn't even need him to act anything. Just use old footage. That's so true. What cheap cheap casting as well. Can you change the name of the lead character to Carol Baskin? Because I reckon you could get loads of stuff in that sense. Great. So what about about our two two loser boys? We've got uh, 
uh, Keith and Eugene. And as is always the case with this show, technology's got to a certain point. We can de-age anyone. So your dream cast is really anyone you want to be. It doesn't have to be a young person. You know, you can have Danny DeVito as Keith if you really want, and we'll just uh, <laughs> strip back the years. So uh, who do you think for Keith and Eugene? Well, like, obviously in these types of films, the, the ugly teen is always just a good-looking person with yeah. their glasses. hair flattened yeah. 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 And, their, and glasses. So I guess um, in that line, you'd have to go with uh, with some... Like, get get a young Paul Rudd. If we're going to go with, mole, like, a, a pun on the name of Mole Rats, let's get Paul Rudd in. He, no, he wasn't in Mole Rats, was he? Was he? No, I'm thinking of the fella from... Uh, from uh, I think other he's, show. he's very on brand, though. I think he would yeah. suit this Let's sort get, of movie yeah. very well. A hard. young Paul Rudd, like Paul yeah. Rudd from Clueless, but with flat hair and glasses. Also, the great <laughs> thing about Paul Rudd is you don't really have to de-age him because he's basically the same since the 90s. So you can yeah, chuck yeah, him in now. True. It also saves yeah. a lot on special effects to make him handsome because, as you say, you just stick some glasses on him and then he kisses the Morat and they just kind of vaporise away. And then it's like, oh, oh, wow, he's so good looking. <laughs> <laughs> Who do we think for Eugene, his, uh, his nerdy mate who never actually turns handsome but then becomes a, uh, a mole rat uh, tycoon? Mogul, yeah. Mole rat mogul. Yeah, um, of course. I don't know any... Who would Aziz Ansari. Aziz Ansari. Oh, oh yeah. that's he's good. And he's, got the right, he's got the right energy, hasn't he? Yeah, he's absolutely good for this kind of genre as well, I feel. I mean, you, are, you did want a teen though, right? Well, I mean, it have, we can just de-age him to be a teen. I mean, I know, it's a, I, know it's, I know it's a lot more work. It's a lot more work for the sake of it looking weird, but I think... Just put not? a backwards baseball cap on I don't know about you guys, but I don't spend that much of my free time looking at teenagers. I don't really know any. Like, could I suggest a, rela- a relative? Yeah, I was going to say, Becca, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be expecting you to say my, my mate Dan or something. <laughs> so. yeah. We could all reel off five handsome teens. It would be a little bit concerning. Um, I guess one of the Stranger Stranger Things kids. Oh, yeah, the Stranger oh, yeah. Things kids always a shoe in. Dustin. Yeah, Dustin would be a good Dustin. Show. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Do you not think him and Paul Rudd together would look creepy as hell as me? <laughs> I, think, I think any child, Paul Rudd, and whoever we cast as the Z would be so creepy. <laughs> okay, great. So that is Molrats. What a cracking idea. Thank you very much, Georgia. Pleasure. <laughs> Hello again, just interrupting for a second to let you know that you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook by searching for You Watched Pod, where you'll find additional content, podcast news and exciting updates on my quest for the next big thing. That's You Watched Pod on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. So drop me a tweet, a Facebook post or a DM. Anything goes, just let me know what you think of our slate so far. And also let me know your ideas. I might even bring them up on the show. Okay, so next idea is Bex. Bex, what do you got? Okay, so um, I won't lie. I came up with the title before I came up with the film. It's always a good good sign. I'm a big fan of puns, so I went really literal and I've called the film... Party on, and it's a golf comedy. <laughs> oh, okay. I've gone for golf, and I've gone for golf because every generation has had its co- like its comedy golf film. There's Caddyshack, there's Happy Very Gilmore, true. but there hasn't really been one for the next generation. So 
Uh, I've I've pitched this one. It's about a rich kid called Richard Old Money, who <laughs> uh, lives in a, a small town, and he inherits his family's country club when his grandfather disappears in a yacht hunting accident. <laughs> and um, the country club is failing because all of the old rich white guys who frequent it are all dying, and none of their offspring are going there to play golf because golf is not a sexy Instagrammable sport. Yeah. So uh, it's all dying. And so instead of going to college, Richard decides to turn into uh, a millionaire entrepreneur and he decides to hire the high school party kid who doesn't get enough credit to get into college. Ah. Um, I've decided uh, her name should be uh, Alison Kate Hole or uh, Al K. Hole. <laughs> For short. Oh, my God. And she helps redesign the golf course for the millennial generation. So think like crazy golf but giant. And uh, the twist comes when Richard's Club becomes the spring break destination and brings in loads of money (laughs) only for his supposedly dead grandfather to return and insist he gets the club back and he wants to return it back to its fuddy-duddy ways. Oh, no. At what, at what point in the movie does the uh, does the supposedly dead granddad come back? Is the main uh, conflict of the film uh, fighting against the granddad, or is or is it turning it into no, no? It, about the first first half or the first two thirds are about turning the club around and getting it to yep. you know the perfect place, and uh, and just when you think everything is going fine, that's when the grandfather comes back. And I reckon it should be that it turns out the grandfather faked his own death because of the failing club. Brilliant. And has yeah. only now decided to come out of death because he can see money can still be made from it. Yeah. I love that. And I love the idea of seeing this, like, a golf course turned into a party zone. It's quite like yeah. Richie Rich. You know how, do you remember yeah. how exciting yeah. Rich Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. And how does um, Miss Cahill, is she just, like, really good at, <laughs> at you know, interior design or ex- exterior design? So does she just find she has a real skill at architecture? Because she's the one that designs this no, whole place. No, no, no. She's just amazing at partying. And oh, right. obviously <laughs> what I've learned from watching partying films is that if you're good at partying, then you've got great ideas for infrastructure. And um, (laughs) so, you know, she'll come up with the ideas about you know what happens if you get a hole in one? Love it. Uh, nice. Beck, yeah. I'm going to I'm have to ask for more details. What does happen if you get a hole in one? Uh, I, I, <laughs> as soon as I said that, I was like, I hope they don't ask me one. <laughs> oh, I, where is Alison Kate Hole when I need her? <laughs> if we've got a, an Alison among us, if anyone has some amazing ideas for what might happen. Uh, for a hole in one, feel free to chip in. I mean, I think when you're pitching this to the big bosses, you can maybe this is an area where they can like put their stamp oh, on the project yeah. and really feel it. Oh out yeah, because they love doing like, that, don't they? <laughs> but like, what do you think, Mister? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> good improv for that, <laughs> <laughs> Mister Boss. But do you think it's like you know you have to like do do we keep it quite clean or do we go? dark with it oh no it's a party film they probably like get a hole in one and beer comes you know and drenches them or something yeah Yeah. everyone's white t-shirts go see-through that kind of thing are we talking like 12a i think we're thinking along the same lines as um not another teen movie Mm, okay yeah so we're thinking something m wasn't it (laughs) (laughs) yeah this could be this could be anything i mean i think a lot of these films can kind of 
go the whole range. So I think it's something like maybe you get a hole in one and in the party lobby, some door opens up like The Shining and just a bunch of beer comes out or something. It's, it's something where it's like a, a real <laughs> oh, event yeah, where when, when yeah. someone on the oh, course gets a hole in right. one, the sprinklers go off like Blade 2 or something yeah. and just all the beer showers oh, in and everyone's yeah. loving it. Nice. I mean, it's, it's quite yeah. sticky. I don't know if I'd want to be in there, but I'm p- presumably really hard partiers would love that. <laughs> There's got to be like one round where the golf ball is actually like an inflatable beach ball Yay. and you have to hit it with like a really big club. There's presumably they're playing strip golf, however that would work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Ha- yeah however many absolutely. points over par you are, you have to take off an item of clothing, something like that. Yeah. So it's yeah. Like, yeah. And yeah. you know, like how um, in these films, like Halloween costumes, it's always like sexy cat. All the mm. women are like, and men are dressed as sexy golfers, you know, like yeah. strings best. Yeah. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Because oh, yeah. that's what really gets me going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. those little three-quarter-length trousers with the socks pulled up yeah. a bit. <laughs> a bit. Higher. I mean, the, the script writes itself. There's so many ball puns, so many hole puns. It's it really writes oh, itself. Shit, yeah, yeah. There needs to be a. Uh, a little crossover bit where um, Keith and Eugene are in the background <laughs> yeah. um, being turned away trying to get into the club yeah. oh no <laughs> no holding a um, naked mole rat <laughs> so, so so the end when the granddad comes back and tries to take over the golf course what I'm imagining is a, a humorous sequence where he is like buffeted back and forth from all these cool like sexy party things happening so like he's about to tell off the main character and then someone gets a hole in one and beer falls on his head or yes. something and he kind of oh, yeah, his yeah, 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 yeah. and he's just thoroughly humiliated it needs to be sort of like the principal at the end of Ferris Bueller. Yeah. yeah. Someone gets an eagle and is like, okay, I now get to pick someone to take two items of clothing off. It's you, granddad. And he's like, yeah. no, no, I just want to, okay, fine. Just starts undressing. <laughs> no, no, no. If someone gets an eagle in the in the game, they get an actual eagle. That's, oh, that's yes. how horse works. And yeah. the eagle oh flies God, down and so takes good. off some of them's clothes. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that's yours to take home. Yeah. <laughs> And do you think we can have a cameo from, um, do you remember Funhouse and Pat Cash? I think maybe he should come for some reason with those twins. And yet they're all like really old. And there are lots of like weird cameos from people coming in to crash the like frat golf party vibe. Yeah, I love it. I'm an Aussie and I don't know what you're referring to. Look up Pat Cash immediately. And it sounds fantastic. You'll like him. I think in order to fund Party On, they needed to get a bunch of famous names involved. So they're just popping up everywhere. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Do you're you probably Pat looking. Has you're, money above his head. You're probably looking for Pat <laughs> yeah. Sharp. Pat Cash is oh, actually. Sharp. A, a, sorry, not it, yes. sorry. It's an Australian tennis say, player, which tennis might player. cause confusion. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, was, oh, yeah, sorry. I, knew, I knew the guy you meant. The, the I was like, guy. I don't remember. The, oh my gosh, Pat Sharp looks exactly like the Zed character you described. Oh yeah, maybe I'm obsessed with this. Oh, I'm really yeah. joking. Oh, That's some good casting. Yeah. Oh my gosh, guys. I'm sorry, I know we're time-strapped, but I just Googled Pat Sharp and the first yeah. thing it did was bring up his last three tweets and the third one says Joe or the innovator and it's a picture of him next to Joe Exotic. Oh, <laughs> well, there you go. He's cast himself in, in, in our first idea, wow. George's idea. So let's get back to... So, so the granddad comes back. Is this like a triumphant ending where like the, the granddad comes back and like we say, he's buffed backwards and forth. There's all sorts of sexy antics going on and he's kind of like, oh, oh I don't like it. Um, and, then, and then he gets like... Like thrown in a bin and and put out, and it's all very funny with his legs flapping about. Or is this uh, eagle takes off his clothes? Eagle takes off all of his clothes <laughs> in one, <laughs> and he's got little underpants with uh, underpants with yachts on them. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> or, or, or is this some sort of, uh, uh, like you say, it happens like the, the, the low point of the film is when the granddad comes back, chucks them all out of the club, and they have to kind of regain themselves and take back the club. Oh. Yeah, I think there definitely needs to be like a proper all is lost moment. So I yeah. think there needs to be a time where the, the grandfather comes back, stakes his claim back to the club. But then, you know, he's a rich kid, Richard Old Money. So maybe he takes all the money <laughs> that he got from running it and then he starts up his own rival club. And then and then that's great. The end. Bye. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yes. I, think, I think we do need to keep the old man humiliation because that, for me, feels like an essential part. So maybe because of the humiliation, the granddad, like, throws a wobbly and says, no, no more. You've embarrassed me. I'm taking my club back. And then that's the lowest point. And they go yeah. from there. Yeah. Do you know what, though? The second, the sequel could be the rival clubs fighting against each other. The old school granddad's oh. club and the new school cool hip club. <laughs> Yeah, because, so, I mean, it's called Party On. It could be like Part 2 On. Oh, yes. That's oh, the sequel. Look at that. Yeah. There you okay. go. See, we're already getting in, you know, syndication rights. I mean, I'm seeing yeah. a franchise here, and I, I think that's what we should pitch it as, for sure. Yeah. And I reckon you could squeeze a Part 3 On as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Part <laughs> 3 <laughs> On. So yeah. who's, who's going who's gonna to play uh, Granddad Old Money? I would love to get... Like a, a, a like a really respectable actor like yeah, Ian McKellen or someone. Oh, Ian McKellen, <laughs> yeah. great. Oh, but the, the, the only problem is I don't want to see Ian McKellen get sprayed with booze and 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 uh, humiliated. I feel like uh, maybe Charles Dance. I feel like he's oh. a suitably evil guy. Oh, that, that if you good. see him humiliated yeah. and put in a, dust, a dustbin, that feels pretty good to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Alternatively, I reckon Michael Caine could do a pretty good job. Oh, my God. Yeah. Or Dustin Hoffman. Oh, yeah. Dustin Hoffman would be good. Yeah. Or or we could just have him played by a different one every scene. It's just (laughs) really get our money's worth out of all these guys. Our poster could just be, it features all these guys, some of them for 10 seconds, but they're they're all in the movie. The scene where he's upside down in a bin with his legs sticking out, that's played by Sir Anthony Hopkins, but you never see it. <laughs> but we know we trust the we, we trust the audience that they're intelligent enough that they'll know that it's Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, the way he yeah. wears yeah. those little yacht pants, yeah. very Anthony Hopkins. Classic, <laughs> classic Hopkins. Okay, last but not least, let's hear John's idea. Okay, right. So the title. I want you to imagine the poster. Um, mm-hmm. So the title is. Partocracy, right? <laughs> oh, okay. Right. Under, underneath that, it says noun colon a political regime dominated by one or more parties, and that's spray painted out with a red line, and it says in the same red spray, "The best night of your life!" Exclamation mark. Very nice. nice. So we're thinking like I don't know if you remember the old school poster that Will Ferrell movie where it was yep. like blue with like probably like some road signs on there like a lot of a lot of heavy party imagery college party imagery. Um, like so it. the story of partocracy is uh, Claire Monaghan who is a like really like gr- like straight A student. She does everything by the book. She's like really hardworking. She's running for college president. I don't know how American colleges work. So she's running for an important title in uh, an American college system in her final year, right? So it's a Great. big deal. Um, uh, the thing is, while she's got the really, she's got these great principles, she's got all these great uh, policies. She's really like got the intention, the best intentions, and she has the policies to change college for the better. The problem is, 
she doesn't have the common touch. She doesn't have the ability to connect with the electorate, the other students. Yeah. That is until Sean Grotsky, notorious party animal and Lothario, decides he's going to help her to get popular by going to as many parties as physically possible before nice. the final year is so done. So good. Nice. So it's got a bit of a Van Wilder vibe. Yeah. Um, it's got the like chalk and cheese of like very uptight, preppy girl who's like very hardworking, doesn't drink, completely straight laced. And then you've got this kind of layabout, like wears a dressing gown all the time. Um, a big Lebowski like, comp- type. Yes, yeah, Big Lebowski. Casting-wise, the the two people I have in mind for these two characters, probably Emma Stone, mm. yeah. but, like, younged down a bit to, like, 2010s, I would say. Probably, like, <laughs> su- super bad era Emma Stone. Easy peasy. Um, <laughs> easy peasy. We've got easy the technology. Yeah. Um, Emma Stone time. would be... You need someone who... I was thinking Emma Watson, because she'd do the uptight, like, kind of Hermione Granger vibe really well, but oh, you've yeah, got to yeah. have... But you've got to have that bad girl edge when the story carries on and the ability to like segue into being yeah. a bit more fun loving. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure she's quite got that. Emma's a bit not, uptight. Not, not the other, uh, Emma Watson. Emma Watson. I mean. yeah. She has a pixie cut. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, how she could, could you forget? <laughs> <laughs> I think she could do whimsical indie, like Perks of Being a Wallflower stuff. She's great, but it's, um, I think you need a slight, a slight edge. And I think Emma Stone would be, would be my vote. But hey, I'm, I'm, depends who we can get. Depends what the big execs I'm sure say. Emma would say yes, Emma Stone. I've got a Yeah, feeling. I reckon yeah. she'd be yeah. up for it. And then Sean Grotsky, I'm in my mind picturing, uh, picturing, picturing uh, <laughs> Cal Penn, as in Kumar from Howard and Kumar Get the Munchies, from his like early stoner day. So, but yeah. like, so I'm going to go into his character a bit more because you think when you first meet him, he's very much like absolute layabout. Everyone just dismissed him. So he actually got, uh, he never finished high school because he got busted for drugs, right? It's pretty bad. He never graduated, but he's, he made it to college and everyone kind of looks at him as this kind of, he's he's kind of a, like people like him, but they don't really respect him. He's kind of this, someone you go to for a fun party, but he's never being taken seriously, right? Yeah. Um, so what I want is Cal Penn from Howard and Kumar Get the Munchies slash Go to White Castle, depending on what region you're in. <laughs> um, but bet- somewhere between him and Cal Penn in... Um, uh, designate survivor. One thing to quickly say about Cal Penn, who is our uh, kind of party kid at college, uh, he is forty-two. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we, I we, think we, that's we, perfect. We... He's had to resit and resit oh, and resit and resit. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and if you didn't guess from his name, he's probably from Krypton. Um, <laughs> he's like basically think, invincible. Yeah, I think we can age him down a little bit. Um, yeah. but I mean, I I'll be honest. Still... He he looks a great forty-two. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely, he's definitely looking good. But yeah, I but think a he's kind rough of seventeen. <laughs> but a very rough seventeen. <laughs> I, I think we are witnessing a man going to seed, but he has not quite gone to seed yet. He can definitely be a few years older than everyone else because he's definitely a loser. He's also a civil servant. It says when you look him up. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. He actually served under Barack Obama, so he, that's probably why he got the part in Designated Survivor. Oh my god. Oh, um, he was associate he was director in the White House Office for Public Engagement. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. Great. He's yeah. he's he's brilliant. I love him. Do you reckon but, uh, he could get Barack on? Like we might be able, we might be able to get Barack as a cameo okay. if this guy's connected. I, so. I love I love where your head's at there. So, <laughs> but he I watched um, Pitch Perfect two the other day because um, why not? And Barack and Michelle uh, actually made a cameo in that. So I think well, he's right okay. for picking. Yeah. There is precedent. Picking. They're yeah. open. Okay, That's so president. Let me let me explain. I think I think we can fit him in quite quite organically if if oh, Barack's good. free. So third the third character. <laughs> 
the one we haven't talked yes. about yet is yep. Brian Donovan, who is the very like slick tanned lacrosse player who is going to be Claire's like opponent. He is the he's the like rich preppy person who his policies are no good guys they are they are all about like benefiting the faculty they don't care he doesn't care about students at all um but he's very much the uh he's got the gift of the gap he's really smooth he's really slick um and he is the person that claire's got to beat but the thing is the thing about brian is his parents are both like high-ranking politicians in washington and they're trying to push him into a career in politics which he does not want to do so he's only doing this because he has to so his heart's not in it. Um, so his tension is like, what am I doing here? Why am I trying to beat this person? But also he want, doesn't want to let his parents down, so he has to win. But I'm thinking maybe we cut to some scenes in Washington or even the parents come in to see the final debate. Who do yeah. they br- bring with them? Good mate Barack. Yeah, bring in Barack Obama. <laughs> yeah. I think there needs to be a cameo scene where someone's hungover and they're like, can you pass me the Baraka? And uh, and he's my like, God. did you say my name? And they're like, no, Baraka. Oh, no, 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 we didn't go away. He's like, oh, then sorry. Then he just leaves. That's it. You never <laughs> see again. But you know what? That one scene will get the whole film made. So, yeah, yeah. it's perfect. Just the most humiliating scene for uh, yeah. one of the, for the 44th president. Um, yeah. So what I am thinking for, uh, we'll definitely do the Baraka scene, obviously, because that's, that's in the script yeah. now. But, um, Absolutely. I was thinking the bit at the end when they do their final speech and um, we'll, we'll come to this in a second but i think you know spoiler alert it's claire's lowest moment she's not sure she's she's nailed it but then guess who stands up and starts the applause it's barack he's in the audience wow he's the one he he leads the standing o that then the triumph for music starts and and claire wins and and Um, the uptight the uptight snooty parents who brought him here are are, are kind of like huh 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 because they didn't expect him to kind of be inspired by their rival yeah absolutely child's rival Mm. yeah um, and when they say, other... when you say standing O, you mean like standing Obama? I <laughs> That's right. Do. Uh, yeah. That's I what mean, it standing for, yeah. Barack Obama. <laughs> Barack Obama. <laughs> um, only other thing I forgot to mention. So Sean got busted for drugs back in high school, right? What? Yes. We all know. We all know this. He's, he's you know, t- uh, yeah, he's very much like seen as a bad boy. He actually went to high school with Brian. You know, the evil running mate. Turns out this is what we learn right at the end. So they've gone, they've gone to loads of parties. Claire's gone from like super uptight to like having loads of fun. She's having drinks. She's like playing all the. We can get all the like American um, like high school party, uh, college party things in there, like beer pong and chugging right. and so on. But all the while she's meeting people. She's kind of um, you know she's uh, she's learning she's learning about who she is. Uh, Sean, <laughs> you see him. You see him. He's always got a glass in his hand. You're like, well, it's Sean. Of course, he's getting drunk. Yeah. They have a little. They have one of those little scenes by the swimming pool, right? Loads of bad stuffs happen, and they I sit know. down and they have a quiet moment by yeah. the swimming pool. Uh, Claire, she's pretty drunk. She grabs Sean's glass to have a drink. Turns out, guys, it's water. Oh my, oh god. my god! Turns out, Sean has is and always has been clean as a whistle. But I tell you who did wow. do drugs back in high school, Brian Donovan. Brilliant. Sean, Sean took the fall for him Brilliant. and was like, "I will, I will, I will fall on that sword because you're my friend." Brian Brian used his political parents to make sure that Sean didn't get completely like destroyed. He got to go to college, but Brian never stepped up and um and like admitted the truth because he couldn't have his parents know that he was doing drugs. Um so we learn like we see under the we see the like soft underbelly of Sean that although he is a party guy, there's a there's a deep sadness within him. And maybe um, Sean's in love with Brian. Oh, yeah, I like it. Yeah, maybe that's like, why he's never yeah. like 
Yes. Yeah. That's why he still talks it to him. It means that the party was in Sean the whole time. Yes. Yeah. It wasn't. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, it wasn't anything. Yeah. yeah. And maybe you actually, maybe Claire, maybe when Claire meets Sean, Claire's like, oh, so what do I do? I've got to drink, I've got to do drugs. And Sean's like, you just got to party. And she just interprets that as got to drink and do drugs. But he, he has to let her, you know, go through that that procedure and but figure that, out. That's what, some great character development for Sean, really because now you think about it, if he's deliberately taking the fall for Brian because he's got feelings for him, then the fact that he's been drinking water at all these parties are because he's just doing this to maintain the facade that like, yeah, I got busted for drugs, so I need to make it look plausible. I am yeah. that sort of person. Yeah. It's great yeah. these but, but really, it's all a character. Like, he's not this sort of person at all. He's drinking water. And uh, and it's great because then there might be scenes with him and Claire where she's like, I'm not really feeling it, you know, and all this sort of stuff. And he's like, you know, you and me, we're actually the same. It's yeah. great. So and she's like, back Come to on. all those other scenes. Turns yeah. out he was just eating Tic Tacs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, snorting, like, snorting pro plus. Yeah, exactly. She like, yeah, she like sees yeah. him with a joint, and in fact, he's just like passing on to the the friend. Like it's it's like the sixth sense yeah. where they kind of cheat and they make you think yeah. that this thing is happening, and then they pull the rug and they're like, actually, he never actually, actually did the he's thing. Not he a cigar, he did. It's actually a cinnamon stick that he's making. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was eating a tiny little square of like a party hat, which looks like yeah, a little exactly. Looked like yeah. LSD. <laughs> <laughs> he just loves party hats. Um, so that's his real shame as he keeps eating, <laughs> keeps eating the party hats from, from Christmas crackers. Yeah, and I think Brian's final speech, when like the final scene where it's all tense and everything, that's when he, when, when Claire uses all her like party skills to win over the crowd, like yeah. she chugs a keg, no she doesn't chug a keg she, <laughs> live on stage. She yeah. does some like cool party tricks that aren't like alcohol, because I don't know, she learns like social skills from parties and then Brian freaks out because he's never had to actually engage on an intellectual debate before because he's normally charming enough to get away with it. Yes. I think it's that great moment where the white guy with like floppy hair loses it and the hair falls down over his face and he gets all sweaty and it's like suddenly he's not hot anymore, he just looks desperate and weird yeah. and I think Sean sees not only that but also he sees the fact that Brian's got nothing going on underneath and he's like you know what I'm over it man nice and he can be himself now because he doesn't have to maintain his character yeah yeah. Yeah. and then he gets on with Barack Obama yeah (laughs) him and Barack Obama really hit it off (laughs) and then he goes to work in the Barack Obama administration surprise it was a prequel for real life this all really happened he goes up to to Barry at the end and he's like you know those two people who work in Washington their kids are druggy and then their lives are ruined (laughs) (laughs) that would be terrible Sean's a class act he wouldn't do that So those are our three ideas. Let's start from the beginning and recap them. George's idea of mole rats is about Keith, who is a high school nerd who's 17 and just really wants to get laid, especially with Marissa, his love interest. But him and his best friend Eugene are well into the dark web and stumble across a special aphrodisiac <laughs> that makes you the most desirable person imaginable as long as you kiss the most ugly animal imaginable, in this case, a mole rat. So they go to Zed, who is a notorious mole rat salesman, also very handsome, probably played by uh, someone who's a mix between Joe Exotic or the child catcher, probably Pat Sharp, could be anyone really. Uh, They need to raise $1,000 to buy a mole rat, which is just 
way beyond their ability. So they scam him with some Monopoly money and uh, smooch that mole rat. And what ensues is a series of very hilarious escapades with much like a hard day's night with them running around, chased by women, chased by Zed. But it all ends in a love story between him and Marissa, which although at first it seems was only because he was attractive, eventually they learn to come to terms with the fact that they do care for each other anyway without the attractiveness. And also Eugene becomes a, a, a mole rat tycoon. <laughs> uh, Beck's idea is Party On, which is a rich kid called Richard Old Money, who uh, lives in a small town and inherits the country crab from his, his dead granddad, who died in a freak yacht hunting accident. Uh, but the only problem is that the country club or the golf club is going out of business because there are no young people replacing all the old people who are dying and playing at the club. So he hires Alison Kate Hull or Al K. Hull who is a party animal and helps him redesign the golf course for the millennial generation. And it's all a raging success. It's great. They come up with loads of great stuff. But then the granddad comes back out of nowhere. Turns out it was all a faked death. And now that the club is making more money again, he wants back in. So the young two need to fight off this guy, humiliate him with all sorts of hilarious pranks, and eventually will either get the club for themselves or they'll get a new club. Either way, there's a whole franchise of potential in this idea. And so I think it can run and run and run. So great stuff on Party On. And finally, we have John's idea, partocracy, which is defined as the best night of your life on the poster means other things in real life, which is about Claire Monaghan, who's a straight A student running for the college president. Problem is, while she's great and everything, she doesn't have the common touch, which is something that Sean Grotsky, who is a party animal, very much like the Big Lebowski from The Big Lebowski. Actually, he's like the dude from The Big Lebowski. <laughs> is is here to help, and so he takes her under his wing to as many parties Ooh. as they can physically go to as possible to gain as much experience about what sort of a party animal thing she should be doing to gain that common touch. And she's up against... Brian Donovan, who's a real scumbag, a slicked, tanned lacrosse player. His policies, they're no good, but he's got the (laughs) gift of the gab and he's got a real common touch. So, and he's in politics because both of his parents are high-ranking politicians. They're getting him in the back door. This is all like a total con job. This is all awful, awful, awful. So she has to get the common touch overthrow his regime with his gift of a gab and she does it in a big final speech and who is it who seals the deal of her victory none other than barack obama (laughs) who's in the audience was invited along and gets the whole crowd standing up in a big standing o and it goes bananas she she presumably wins and sean who was previously in love with brian and taking the fall for him finally realises that maybe Brian isn't all he's cracked up to be. He becomes more independent, he can stop living a lie, and everyone has a happy end. Those are our three ideas, but which do we think best fits the category of party on? Georgia, what do you think? Um, Well, I love love them all. Um, I think that party... On for me because I'm all about the cash, you see. Yes, and I have a feeling that this franchise could run and run and run, and I think we could have so many different versions of these wild golf um, clubs. Go, you know, rival golf clubs. Um, the puns are limitless, um, yep. and the re- there's so much room for um, cameos from weird people. I think there's going to be loads of boobs. I think there's going to be loads of shagging. <laughs> I think it fits the genre perfectly so that's my vote that's 
That's amazing. Beck, what about the two uh, of your fellow uh, ideas factories? Which one of their two ideas do you think is the best fit for the category? I equally love both of them. Um, and I do have a soft spot for mole rats. But... <laughs> Who doesn't? But I also think party ocracy is i mean the, it's, the name. it's literally yes. the name i feel like i've already watched it and i'm probably going to tell people probably going to talk to people about both of those films as if i'd seen as if them. they were real and you watched them yes. yeah and one day i'll be like oh no that was a podcast i did well maybe one of these ideas will be a real thing one day and we'll find out depending on what john thinks oh, best fits the category i, I really really like mole rats i love i love the pun i want to see we didn't actually talk about this would there be cgi for the mole rats or are we going to do puppetry uh, whatever your heart desires john if i get your vote i would i think puppetry would be great because then you've got a little <laughs> gross like puppetry so good at icky stuff like gross dark crystal stuff but party on is such a good pun and all the like shenanigans are so perfect yeah. for the party genre yeah so is party on your vote john oh, it's such a tough one but i <laughs> <laughs> I do I do genuinely want to see one of these get made and I think the franchise potential is so huge. I agree. Uh, I'll I bring you both, I'll cut you both in as Thank executive nice. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to vote for Party On. Fantastic. Well, with two votes, that means that Party On is the b- best fit for the category Whee! this episode and that Yay. is the one that I'll be taking forward. Thanks very much guys. Amazing ideas all around, especially our winner Party On. Great job. This episode of Because You Watch featured Georgia Maguire, Beck Hill and John Gracie. It was produced by Joe Grace and Martin Tricky. <laughs> <laughs>